God is awesome. How many of you know that Jesus is just so real, so awesome, so amazing, so loving, so gracious? And he takes his time in showing himself to us. And I think today is going to be no different. I think today is going to be no different. I was like, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to preach on a series in, in a day that's so impactful, right? Like, what if, the, what if the text that they gave me doesn't match with, with what's going on, right? And, and, and when, when I, they gave me the text and I'm hearing the testimony and I'm hearing the songs and I'm hearing the stories that we shared at Matrix, I'm like, oh my gosh, not only are you setting up your people, you're setting me up. You're setting me up, right? Because when I went to Matrix and I'm climbing this mountain, I'm like, oh, que lindo, que cute, right? Like a mountain, <laughs> like, you know, a, a fire. And, and I remember going up the mountain and, and taking my first steps, I started crying. And I'm like, Lord, but like I let stuff go. And, and every single step that I took, I was crying more. And, I, and it was coming from a more profound place. Because there's just so many times, especially as ministers of the gospel, that we convince ourselves that everything is okay. And a reason that we do that is because we need to be able to function. We need to be able to get up here and do what we do. We need to be able to give hope to the people. But that's a very dangerous place to be. Because the longer we do that and the longer we deceive ourselves, we get good at it. And the day comes that we are no longer good at it. We can no longer hide it. We can no longer deal with it. And then we're home. Like Jalissa was saying, we're home alone, broken depressed not being able to get up out of our bed and we know all the verses but we can't move but where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom and I believe that there's freedom in this place amen how many I don't want to give my age but music when I was growing up was like Ah, you don't know nothing about what I'm talking about, Pastor Ro. Me and Pastor Lee, let's go. All right, and, and we had these songs, man. Like, we had El J when he was just coming up, right? And, and his I Need Love was like, mm, ding, 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 ding. I would tell Ali to play it, but he don't know nothing about that. That was, that was a little bit before his time. And then there was another song where I like, come and talk to me. Come on. We're in church. <laughs> and there was another one, Pastor Rowe mentioned there, right? Like this girl, Mary J. Blige, with her real love. And, and everybody was like, real love, real love, real love. And all of these love songs were sticking back then. And they were connecting back then because that's what people were looking for. And I believe that now in 2022, we still have so many people, especially in church, looking for something called real love. Because we're good about we're good about preaching about love and, I, and wow, Phil is here. Praise God, Hallelujah! I love you, boy. 
and the reason is, is, is big. It's big. And this is why I say God is awesome. Because I don't know if he remembers. There was a time we were going in Applebee's. When I was in Ignite, like, we, we, we would have these activities with thousands of kids. And the masses would come. And, and, and Phil, I just want to honor you because you were the one that made that all happen. And thousands of lives were touched and saved because you did your part. And you operated in that, in that function. But I remember, I don't know if you remember that time that we went to Applebee's. And it was Pastor George, Elam, you and myself and we were talking about love and one of the, th the topics that came up was can we truly say we can we truly love God without loving people do you remember that conversation and he's here today and it just so happens that the topic that we're touching and I'm going to read through the verses because we're reading through the Bible like we always do here at Kuhau. And the letter that we're reading this summer is 1 John. And one of the, the verses that touched me, it says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And, and I love this because it's not saying die to him. It's saying his love was made manifest so that we might live through him. There was just so many years that churches told people they had to die. But when we look in the Bible, it says that Jesus died so that we might be able to live. So, so it's saying so that we might live through him. And then verse 10 says, and this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to the, be the propitiation of our sins. Then he says, beloved, if God so loved us, we should... It says, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. Then it has a semicolon. In other words, it's not a period. It's not a comma. It's not saying stop. It's not saying go. It's saying just think about this a little bit. No one has ever seen God. But then he says, but if we love one another... If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I'll get there. I'll get there later. By this we know that we abide in him. Say abide. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. How many can thank God that he sent his son to be the savior of the world? Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, you're here, right? So that was for you too. To be the savior of the world. And then, and then if we keep reading, you know, keep, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Anyone that tells you that God stopped loving you, and I want to talk to our internet audience as well. If any preacher has ever said that God stopped loving you because you did X, Y, and Z, that preacher, I don't care how many tongues he talks, I don't care how many demons he casts out, I don't care if he walks on water, that preacher is wrong because the Bible says God is love. If he stops loving you, if he stops loving you, he denies his 
essence. He denies his nature. He denies who he is. And the planets fall. And the sun collapses on the earth. And everything cannot hold. Because if God is not true, then, then we're, we're doomed. I'm going to try to preach this. By this love is perfected within us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, say is. It doesn't say was, say is. As he is, so are we in this world. So I want to proclaim the Jesus that is. In other words, I don't want to proclaim this Jesus that, that, this, that is, this, is this thin European white guy that, that they created in medieval art to portray a Jesus that was weak, that, 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 that was hanged, right? That was all hurt and broken. No, no, no. That's not the Jesus that we proclaim. We proclaim a Jesus that hung on the cross, yes. But three days later, he came out of that tomb. He resurrected. And the Bible says that today he's the king of kings and the Lord of Lords and he's sitting on a throne above all principalities above all powers above all depression above all cancer we saw that this weekend above all diseases above all pain he's sitting in a place of power we serve a Jesus of power that's why when he says as he is so are we in this world the bible says that he's the king of kings and the lord of lords in other words he doesn't he he can't be who he is without you because if he's the king of kings and the lord of lords we have to get to the place in 2022 when we are reigning in life when we understand that as the kingdom of god I must demonstrate his authority. I'm going to keep going. If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Verse 17 in the NIV says, This is how love is made complete among us so that we can have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we're like Jesus. We're going to get there. I want you to look at the first verse and the last verse. The first verse said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Then verse 21 says, in this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. When you see book and verses that talk about the same thing, everything in between has to be talking about the same thing. We can't take a verse out of context and say, okay, this verse is cute. I'm going to use it with this sermon. I'm going to use it with this song. I'm going to use it with this prayer. I'm going to use it with this counseling session. No, every verse that is in between these two verses has to do with loving God and loving your neighbor. Loving God and loving the person next to you. Loving God and loving 
loving your, 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 your boss that drives you insane. Loving God and loving that person that hurt you 30 years ago. Loving God and loving that person that divorced you. Loving God and loving that person that hurt you. Loving God and loving that person that abandoned you. Loving God and loving that person that betrayed you. Loving God. Y'all about to get baptized. I'm seeing all kind of stuff coming out of my mouth. I love that we got Ignite and Christ Uncensored in one place. I found this quote that said, from, from the power of now. And Eckhart Tolle says, love, joy, and peace cannot flourish until you have freed yourself from mind dominance. Love, joy, and peace which is what the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but a matter of love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. It says love, joy, and peace cannot flourish until you have freed yourself from mind dominance. And I love the fact that we got Christ uncensored and Ignite here because I feel that God joined Pastor Roe and Pastor George and that their babies... Pastor Roe with Love is our logo. Pastor George with his book that's coming out original settings. They're a prophetic call to what God is doing in our day to awaken his kingdom, to fulfill what Pastor Reuben and Amanda spoke about on team night, our assignment in the kingdom of God. If we're going to fulfill our assignment, we have to understand why love is our logo. We have to understand why we have to return to our original settings. But in order to do what God God has called us to do we're gonna need each other we're gonna need each other I had like 20 minutes to preach last time so so I want to I want to touch two verses that I had to touch last time but I didn't because they have to do with the sermon today first John chapter 3 the apostle John says see what kind of love the father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. The, the, the NASB says, see how great a love, how great a love the Father has given us. That we should be called children of God. There's nothing greater. There's nothing greater. There's no position higher. It's not about, are you a preacher? It's not about, do you have the REV? It's not about, do you have the title? It's not about, do you have the certificate? It's not about, have you passed man's test? It's all about, have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? And has he then given you the power to be called a child of God, a son and a daughter of the King of Kings, someone that's been redeemed, someone who the same John said is not born of natural order, but of the spirit and of power he says he says look at the great love that he's given us it says we are God's children now now I know you're struggling brother I know you're struggling sis I know there's some things you haven't overcome yet but you are God's child now I know there's some things that keep you up at night I know there's some things that you feel guilty about and you wanted to come up here and worship with everybody else but you were like I'm undeserving to go up there I can't be that close to that holy place not understanding that this is just a place the holy thing is you and the God that is within you and the God that loves you and the God that redeemed you and the God that loves you 
He says, he says, we are God's children now. And look what it says. It says, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. There's no being like him until we see him as he is. And this is the problem that we have at times because we see one Jesus in one place. Then we go down the block and we see another Jesus. Then next Sunday I'm tired so let me stay home and turn on the internet and I see a different Jesus. What's going on is that we're seeing all these different caricatures of who Jesus is and we're not getting one clear picture of who he is. Therefore, when the trials come, when tribulation comes, when anger and bitterness arise, within me I don't know which Jesus to present it to because I've seen too many along the way this is why God is calling us to a house and to a place so that they can show us Jesus crucified Christ uncensored so that we could understand that we can also live a life of full manifestation another verse First John 3 9 he says everyone who is truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning oh I lost everybody what do you mean pastor that's impossible it is impossible until we understand that in the Greek the word sinning meant miss the mark it meant miss the mark and if we keep reading everyone who true who is truly God's child will refuse to keep missing the mark because God's seed remains within him and he is unable to continue missing the mark because he has been fathered by God himself when God himself is the one that's fathering us we understand that it's impossible to miss the mark as long as I'm focused on him because when we look at the cross it's this is the form that it has right the cross is formed like this but if we take that same cross and shift it a little bit it becomes an X when you think about a bullseye what you see within the bullseye and the aim of the bullseye is an X let's take the bullseye and shift it a little bit and put it right side up and understand this afternoon that if I'm going to stop missing the mark it's only going to happen if I place all of my focus on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday on Sunday, on the Jesus that was crucified because the Bible says that if we keep seeing him we are transformed into the same image of the one that we're beholding this is why Chandler says, you know, we, we, we become what we behold. We become what we behold. That word behold means to gaze upon, to focus on, to look on. When we focus on Jesus, when we place our gaze on Jesus, we can't help but become that which we behold. I'm going to skip that part. I told you I was going to skip some parts love this is the thing with love and why there's so many people that when we talk to them about love we're the last people they want to hear it from can we keep it real church some people are not in church but it's not because they're not in love with Jesus they're just not cool with the love of Jesus that we've been portraying 
because it's easy to stand up here and talk about love it's easy to stand up here and preach about love and sing about love but when we go home are we loving the person that we're seeing there that's waiting for us when we go to work are we able to love our co-workers even though they drive us insane sometimes are we able to love our very family listen to me guys my dad is in the hospital he doesn't have blood going into his leg and I was on my bed I was laying down and I was meditating Bien espiritual, super spiritual I had the right posture I had the right song and I was meditating because I want to get closer to God and while I'm meditating trying to get closer to God God whispers in my ear and he says go see your father He said, get up and go see your father. What? And I was like, but, I, but I'll pray for him. <laughs> My father needs the love of God. And he's in a hospital bed. He ain't got no time to go to church right now. He ain't got no time to hear Pastor Lee and the group sing right now. All that he has is a son that says he knows the love of God. All that he has is a son that preaches that God is love. And he, because he loves, he loves him as well. But it's not enough to preach it. God said, get up. Stop meditating. I don't need you to pray. I need you to go show him some love. He needs some real love. And when we read the verse, and we read this text, he goes over and over. He starts saying, you know, we got to abide in him. To show people the love of God, we got to abide in him. It's interesting me pastor that the same John that wrote this in his gospel he said he is the vine and you are the branches and everyone that abides in him will bear much fruit but then we read verse 2 and then verse 2 it says it says but he cuts off every branch in him that does not bear fruit why is it that Christians that love Jesus love cutting people off so we look at this verse and we're like oh yes he cuts them off he's cutting her off he's cutting him off he's even gonna cut pastor off because pastor ain't call me he's gonna cut the deacon off because the deacon ain't pray for me they pray for everybody else pastor medina prophesied over everybody and he ignored me if he's invited to talk next year i'm not going to know matrix cut him off and we bring cancel culture into the church cutting them off but then when we look at the, the original Hebrew, it says he iros every branch that does not bear fruit. That word iros means to lift up. 
So what is the scripture saying? He's saying he lifts up every branch that does not bear fruit. Why? Because he's too loving to cut you off. Jesus doesn't co-sign cancel culture. Jesus is the one that says if I'm lifted up, I'm going to bring everyone to myself. And whoever the father puts in my hand, I don't cancel. I love them. And when they don't bear fruit, I lift them up. But it's interesting to me because he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He never says, I am the vine and you are the branch. But that's how some of us read it. We create this isolation and we say, as long as I'm connected to the vine, I'm fine. But when we read the text, we have to understand that he says he is the vine. There's only one vine. It's always going to be singular. But we are the branches because I can't produce fruit if I'm not mingled and together with the rest of the branches on the tree. And yeah, y'all might rub me wrong the wrong sometimes. Yeah, I might not be feeling you sometimes. I might not want to chill with you sometimes, but you're still a part of the same vine that I'm a part of. The same blood that's running through your veins spiritually is the same blood that's running through my veins spiritually. We have one Father, one Spirit, one source, one salvation, one baptism, one body, one Lord, one King, one God, and He's calling us to be one. He says the branches. And then if you read the text, verse 12, it says, if we love one another, I'm sorry, if we read verse 5 through 8, we see that isolation causes us to wither. Not the devil. The devil's not even mentioned in John 15, Pastor. He's not even in there. The devil's just getting all these hits for the stuff that got nothing to do with him, and he's good with that. He's like, I don't care if you blame me as long as you don't connect to the body. I don't care if you, you could rebuke me till you turn blue as long as you don't connect to the body. You could talk about me, you could do this, you could preach about me, you could do demonology and all these other ologies and you could rebuke demons, ghosts and goblins and play dungeons and dragons when it comes to spiritual matters. None of that matters to me. If you don't connect to the body, I'm good. But if we connect to the body, then all of a sudden things begin to shift. This is why for two years I was home doing nothing. I was home bitter. I was home angry. I was home alone. I was home not wanting anything to do with the body of Christ. And I was still doing my little podcast being cute. I was still trying to think that I was blessing people very cute without being a part of the body. And then I just happened to invite two pastors. And then Pastor Ruben was in the middle. Pastor, Pastor Roe was on one side and I was on the other side. And then Pastor Roe, he came forward after we recorded our podcast and he said why aren't we doing this together and I still I still was like I will pray about it I was like you got to talk to her first and I pointed at my wife I was like you got to you got to talk to my wife first and they talked to her and she was like oh that sounds like a good idea I was like that's not the answer I was waiting for and I said all right let's pray about it because that's how we get we get real spiritual and everything becomes let's pray about it it's not let's be about it it's let's pray about it so let's pray about it but but their love their love was unwavering 
They didn't have to love me. All they had, they were taking a risk with me. Because love is risky. And that's why we hide from it. That's why we want no part of it. Who wants to risk being hurt? Who wants to risk being broken? Who wants to risk being betrayed and lied about? And I'm sure he heard the voices. Marquez, you sure? We heard some things about Marquez. Before we left that place, he had already given me a day to preach. I'm like, bro, you don't even know what I'm about right now. But something was going on in his spirit that I didn't know about. And that was about, was it a full year ago? One year. One year ago. And here I am with my wife, with a baby coming, doing what God always destined me to do, casting out whatever needs to be cast out, all healed and stuff, all happy and stuff, looking good and stuff. But why? Not because, because of anything I've done. It's the grace of God within me. But it wasn't only the grace of God because the grace of God is still the grace of God. Whether a man obeys or a man disobeys, but we won't experience that grace until somebody steps in and says, okay, God, work through me. Here I am send me because God said that the heavens belong to him but the earth belongs to man in other words it's illegal God made it illegal for himself as a spirit being to come and love people this is why he created a body and stepped into a human called Jesus so that he can then love people so that he can then be the one to say I so love the world that I gave my only begotten son that whosoever should believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life because he came in the form of a man he was able to once again demonstrate the love that everybody was waiting for the joy that everybody was waiting for the peace that everybody was waiting for and it was an awesome 33 years oh my gosh it was awesome those 33 years were everything but then he left then he's out he leaves but before he leaves he says something he says guys I'm leaving but I'm gonna be with you always this is important like I said it's illegal for God to operate outside of the this is why we can cast out demons so easily just get out because we understand they're in that body illegally you're a spirit this is a physical realm you don't belong here get out go back to hell where you belong and let this person be free right these three-hour arguments where we have interviews with demons and like come on I ain't beat I'm too tired for that But this is why gee, the Bible says he is the head. He's the head. 
because for his love to continue roaming on the earth God needs a body he needs a body and you are that body you are the hands that he needs to touch another life you are the arms that he needs to hug another life you are the man and the woman that he needs to tell someone else God still loves you and when they say how do you know that he loves you you can say because I'm here and when I was busted and when I was alone and when I was isolated and when I didn't want anything to do with anyone else he connected me to a body called the body of Christ and because we're the body of Christ as he is so are we in this world in other words if he is love personified and we are the body of Christ as he is so are we in this world has nothing to do with what's been preached it has nothing to do with as he is so are we in this world we can cast out demons as he is so are we in this world we can walk on water as he is so are we in this world we could heal the sick and raise the dead and heal the blind no 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 we have to read it within the context text and when he says he who loves has seen God as we focus on Jesus all of a sudden the one that we behold begins to take a hold of us so that we could be we hold on to him and then we're able to be everything that he is behold when we behold him he we hold on to him so that we can be who he says that we are and if he says that he poured his love into us by way of his holy spirit listen to me loving someone is so much more important than talking and interpreting tongues loving someone is what's required and expected of us as children of God. Loving is everything, but it's a scary thing. How many of you can say amen? Loving is a scary thing. And when in that abiding chapter, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay, good. Ooh, I got minutes. I got minutes, minutes. He says this. In John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27, he says, when the counselor comes, when the advocate comes, who, will I, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify. What does it mean to testify? If you want someone to testify on your behalf, you don't want someone that didn't clearly see what happened because they're only going to be able to give fragments of the story in a court of law and you might be found guilty but if you have a witness that can clearly say but I've seen him I've seen him love on people I've seen him heal the sick I've seen him raise the dead and this was John if you look at John chapter 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 in John chapter 1 he sees the word made flesh he sees the word come in tabernacle among his people he sees the light of God in John chapter 2 he sees a woman that had a need and he says oh man I'm gonna create some wine for her I'm not gonna let her be embarrassed I'm gonna give her what she needs so that the party could continue because Jesus 
Jesus is all about us smiling and having some fun with a little bit of order. But anyway, but then in John chapter 3, there's a religious fanatic that appears to Jesus at night. And John saw Jesus love him and talk to him right where Nicodemus was. Jesus didn't say, come to me in the morning when I'm ready for you. No, Jesus tired. Jesus hurting from healing all of these people. He said, I'm going to make some time for Nicodemus because I love Nicodemus. In John chapter 4, there is a woman by a well. John was with Jesus when he when they all appear and they see Jesus talking to this woman. And they're like, Jesus, what are you doing? She's a Samaritan. She's been married all these times. She's living with a man shacking up and ain't even saved and ain't even one of us. But Jesus loved this woman. And John saw this. In John chapter 5, he sees a man by a pool. He sees a man by a pool and he says, oh man, this man needs me. What's going on, my guy? And he's like, 18 years I've been trying to get into the pool. 18 years I've been trying to be healed. 18 years I've been going to counselors. 18 years I've been going to exorcists. 18 years I've been jumping from church to church. But only one encounter with the living God, with the living Jesus, he was able to heal this man. John chapter 6. We see a bunch of people hungry, laying in a pasture. They were hungry. They didn't have any food. And Jesus says, oh no, I can't let these people go hungry. I'm going to feed him. Who has? What do you guys have? I only have two fish and five little loaves of bread. And he's like, that's all that I need, baby. Because if two, the number of agreement, could come into agreement with five, the number of grace, there's no limit to the people I can feed. There's no limit to the people I can touch. There's no limit to the people I can save. every single chapter Jesus is loving on someone in the gospel of John it's all that he did love on people and the war is over Andrew Womack said love isn't a theory it's a revelation it's a revelation Jesus brought you here today to tell you love has to be revealed and he wanted to tell you by he wanted it to tell you by someone as imperfect as myself. Wow, I knew I was gonna do it. At least I didn't do it on my iPad. Only God, only God can work things out in such a way that the person on the keyboard is the son of my ex-wife. What, 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 why am I saying this? I'm saying this because only God can love his children in such a way, can love the body in such a way that he would produce healing in one person that came to Matrix, healing in me that came to Matrix, and then bring us together for a service to tell all of you guys that there is nothing, nothing that should be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ. Nothing up there, nothing down here, nothing in between. Jesus brought you here to tell you I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But as the 
church he brought you here to say I need you to show them I love them I love them I love them I need you to show them I'm with them I'm with them I'm with them I need you to show them that I'm a God of mercy I need you to show them that I'm a God of love I need you to show them that I'm a God of forgiveness there's way too many of us that we tell people oh man God is a God of forgiveness while at the same time we're hating them Jesus brought us here to say what people need is some real love they need some real love and you know why I'm loving real like for real for real babe come here guys look at this look at this thing this is a beautiful thing but it's not only this it's not only this because this doesn't happen unless she loves me I didn't deserve her love I didn't deserve that I didn't deserve a baby I didn't deserve my church family I didn't deserve everything that they've, they've bestowed upon me. I didn't deserve another opportunity. But that's the love of God. God's love gives you another opportunity. God lo God's love will give you another relationship. God's love will give you another opportunity to succeed, to do what you were called and destined to do. God's love will give you an opportunity to love people again the way that they're supposed to be loved. I believe God took me to, to, to Matrix not only to heal me, but, but for me to let go of the weight that I was carrying with my own children. Holding on to pain that God was saying, you have to let that pain go. You have to let that pain go. And I was like, but God, if I let that pain go, I don't have anything else. All that I have is the rejection that they give me. All that I have is the pain that they give me. All that I have is the ignoring that they give me. And I hold on to that, God, because that's all that I got. And God was telling me the whole time, that's a weight that I haven't called you to carry. God was telling me the whole time just love me and I promise you I'll take care of them just love me just behold me just worship me just leave it all at my altar leave it all at my cross and I promise you that the day will come I believe the day is gonna come when my babies are gonna love me again I believe it I believe it but until then, I'm going to keep on loving. I'm going to keep on loving. Because that's all we got. All of us can't preach. And if the worshipers could come, all of us can't preach. All of us can't sing. All of us can't prophesy. All of us can't lay hands on people. All of us can't do like these things that we see other people do. But you know what we could do? All of us can love the person next to us. Just the person next to us, that's it. Just love them unconditionally. Guys, I'm here today because Christ 
uncensored house of worship loved me unconditionally. And if you are one of those stories, if you are someone that Christ's uncensored house of worship has loved unconditionally, can you please stand? Ooh, that's, that's a whole lot of people. Can all of those that God has loved unconditionally through Christ's uncensored house of worship just make their way? Up? Can we be together for a little bit? Listen to me. Guys, y'all got me nerve. Oh, okay. <laughs> Listen to me, guys. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? John was also with Jesus, Pastor. When he sat down on a table one day and he started breaking bread and feeding his disciples. It's, we call it the Last Supper. How many of you know the picture, right? The Last Supper. John was there when Jesus gave a bread to Peter, boom. Gave a bread to Andrew, boom. Gave a bread to James, boom. Gave a bread to Peter, boom. Gave a bread to Judas, boom. Gave a bread to, wait, 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 wait. Gave a bread to Judas. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. He gave a bread to Judas, yes. And John saw that. John saw that Jesus gave a piece of bread even to the one that he knew was going to betray him and send him to the cross. Because that's the love of the Jesus that we serve. And if he loved Judas, if he loved Judas, he could love me. If he loved Judas, he could love you and you and you and you and you and you. He loves you all because that's just who he is. But I want to pray two prayers today. The first prayer I want to pray is if you want to experience the love of Jesus. That's the first one. And then the second one I want to pray is so that we can release the love of Jesus with that we're going to say the first one first everyone with their eyes bowed and this is especially for our friend even if you're online for our friend that doesn't have that relationship with Jesus that hasn't reconnected with him just yet that hasn't really ever given their life to him this is for you guys I want you to say Jesus thank you for loving me before I ever had anything to love you Thank you for forgiving me for all of my sins and giving me unconditional love. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, let's walk together. Let's take a journey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.